Hey guys, and welcome to Happy Hour with Ashley. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? I'm coming at you real and unfiltered to talk about self-care, mental health, and everything in between. This podcast is designed to encourage, educate, and uplift each and every person that listens. I'm coming from both a clinical and a personal point of view to discuss various matters dealing with mental health, self-esteem, self-care, and everything in between, things that happen in life. Happy Hour is here to let each listener know that no matter what you may be going through, you can turn your obstacles into triumphs. So go ahead and like, share, subscribe, write a review, do all those great things, but just make sure you listen. All right. you could join me today and you know there's a lot to be discussed with just everything going on in the world in our lives just it's a lot you know so even before a lot of this more recent stuff occurred um, I had been planning on doing season three focused on trauma and a little bit of, you know, goal setting and smashing goals and stuff, but just especially with the recent events that have been occurring with um, police brutality and, you know, the protests going on, then more recently, if you're not familiar with who Vanessa Gillian is, um, she's a soldier that was missing at Fort Hood and was recently discovered um her body was found and well pieces of her body was found and you know discovered that she had been murdered so just with all of that I really think it's important today to just talk a little bit about it but before we do I do want to do a trigger warning so if you are you know easily triggered or feel like that what I'm going to discuss whether today or in any of these future episodes to be upsetting just be cautious Um, don't listen if you won't be able to handle it and if you don't have support systems around and again there are a lot of available support systems out there Um, especially like I'm about to give you the National Suicide Prevention Line that number hold on I'm sorry guys So the National Suicide Prevention Line is a 24-7 lifeline. Basically, you call it, and it's uh, various crisis centers that provide 24-7 free crisis, you know, management in that moment. So the National Suicide Prevention Line is 1-800-273-8255. And then if you are a veteran as well, there's the VA Crisis Line that's available, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. So I just want to give out that trigger warning in case, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody, but, you know, getting into trauma, trauma is defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And then when you think about PTSD, you know, that stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. 
that's um, a psychiatric disorder that is can be found in the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, um, and that basically is something that can occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, such as a natural disaster. So when you think about Katrina, or you think about the things that happened in Puerto Rico with those natural disasters, so you can get PTSD from that. A serious accident that you were in, a terrorist act like 9-11 or anything else like that, um, war or combat, which a lot of the vets, such as myself and other people I encounter, deal with, and then also rape or any other violent personal assault. And PTSD can occur to anybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have a, a criteria for you to meet. Like It can happen to any ethnicity, any nationality, any cultural group, any age. You know, when you think about PTSD, it affects approximately 3.5% of U.S. adults and an estimated 1 in 11 people will be diagnosed with PTSD in their lifetime. Women, unfortunately, are twice as likely as men to have PTSD, but men do have PTSD as well. And so thinking about PTSD and trauma, Um, People who have PTSD have intense, disturbing thoughts and feelings related to that experience that lasts long after the traumatic event has ended. So sometimes you might relive the event through flashbacks, so um, seeing that happen again, or nightmares in your sleep. You might feel sadness or fear or anger. You might feel detached from people or places or things. You may avoid situations or people or places or things that remind you of that traumatic event. And you may have strong negative reactions to something such as a loud noise or somebody touching you the wrong way or smells or sights or just different things. So to, um, in order to receive a diagnosis of PTSD, you... Uh, again have to have exposure to that upsetting traumatic event like I said before of the you know the natural disaster a serious accident a terroristic act war or combat and rape or any other violent personal assaults and so even though it says exposure to an upsetting traumatic event that exposure could be indirect so not necessarily you experienced it But it could be something that you learned about. So you can receive it through learning about a violent death of a close family member or learning about Vanessa Gillian's, you know, situation or everybody else. I just don't want to specifically point to her, but that's the recent one that's in my mind right now. So you can get you can you can actually be traumatized through hearing of things as well. And so you think about police officers or people that work in social services that can get vicarious trauma through that and just even myself you know <laughs> as, a, as a therapist who works with um you know and I listen to people talk about their traumas all the time so you know vicarious trauma is the emotional residue of exposure and you know not just what counselors face so like I said police officers social workers you know EMS um anybody that deals with firsthand experiences but vicarious trauma is just that emotional residue of exposure from working with people as you hear about their trauma and you become witnesses to the pain the fear and the terror that they have endured in their trauma so 
you know, you can receive PTSD from all those different ways. And so symptoms of PTSD fall into four different categories. Um, The specific symptoms can vary in severity. So you can have a symptom of intrusive thoughts. So having that repeated involuntary memory of those, that event. Um, You might have distressing dreams or you might have flashbacks of that event. And flashbacks can be so vivid that you really feel like you're living that moment again and you feel like it's really happening. Another symptom is avoiding reminders of the traumatic event that could be avoiding people, places, activities, objects, situations, um, anything that may bring on distressing memories. And sometimes you also try to remember, you try to avoid remembering or thinking about that traumatic event. And so you might resist talking about what happened or how you feel about it. The third type of um category is negative thoughts and feelings that include ongoing distorted beliefs about yourself or anybody else so thinking I'm bad nobody can be trusted you know a really big one for me is I'm not worthy and I'm not safe so just different things like that you have that ongoing fear that horror that anger you might have guilt or shame Um, You might not be interested in doing the activities that you used to do, or you might feel detached or estranged from others. And then that fourth um, category would be, you know, having arousal or reactive symptoms. So that includes being irritable and having angry outbursts. You might behave recklessly or might be self-destructive. You might be easily startled or hypervigilant. So, you know, anything just, you know, shakes you up. And you might have problems with concentrating and sleeping. And again, with everything going on in the world today, there are so many different traumatic things occurring, whether you're experiencing that trauma or you're witnessing it. And so whether with these traumatic events going on in the world, whether it's triggering your diagnosis that you already have and triggering your trauma that you already have so with me the situation with Vanessa has been very triggering or maybe you're experiencing new traumas and like I said you don't have to firsthand witness it but you can be told and again with the vicarious trauma that I talked about as well so all these different things and that's why I think it's really important to start off with this because it's a lot going on in the world we have the situations that's happening with the continued death of you know, black people at the hands of police brutality and just thinking about just everything that's been occurring and just thinking about all the names of the people that we're continuing to lose and just it's an everyday thing. You know, we think about George Floyd, which is the most recent um, thing that got everybody into the protesting, Alton Sterling, Eric Garner, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, Botham Jean, you know, thinking about all these names, Rashad Brooks, Philando Castile, just all these things that are just so heartbreaking and so just crazy. And in, and in one of the one of the episodes, we'll talk about intergenerational trauma. I have um, somebody on that's going to talk about that, and that just plays into pretty much what's going on right now in the world and how that intergenerational trauma is going to either we're affected because of what our parents told us or how we might affect our kids by what we tell them and the traumas we face so we're going to talk about that a little bit in a further detail in the future but just thinking about that's one trauma and one thing that's going on in the world today and how you know 
just, it's a lot. You know, police brutality is basically violence that's um, legally defined as a civil rights violation where officers exercise undue or excessive force against a person or a subject. And this includes, but it's not limited to, bullying, physical or verbal harassment, physical or mental injury, property damage, or death. And what we've seen a lot is death. You know, we see a lot of that. Or we see the physical or verbal harassment with those kids, you know, they got yanked out the car. Or we see just, you know, just all this stuff is crazy. It's it's a lot to deal with. And that's why, again, I feel like it's so important to talk about this and discuss this. Um, again, with the situation with Vanessa Gillian and how that could be triggering for some people who either were or were not in the military it doesn't have to have a definition but if you were assaulted and that can be a male or a female you know yes women talk about it more but there are men out there that get sexually harassed that get sexually assaulted raped all of that so just thinking about all of that it can be triggering just you know for me for sure this last week you know and again trigger warning if you can't handle this please you know, make sure you have some support around or make sure you stop listening. But, you know, she went missing in April and they never had found her. And in the back of my head, I always was thinking, you know, if they haven't found her yet, then she's probably not here anymore. And so last week when they found her body, well, before they officially declared they found her body, but they unofficially said it was her. That day I cried for two hours. Like I cried for two hours. It was it was a lot for me to deal with. It was a lot for me to handle just because, one, she was in the military. Two, it had come out that, you know, and I want to say supposedly because it hasn't been verified, but supposedly she was being sexually harassed by her higher-ups and, you know, all that stuff. Just a lot had hit me. And then I think maybe Thursday or Friday is when that affidavit was released. And basically the guy who supposedly murdered her is the one when police tried to apprehend him, he shot himself and killed himself. Well, his supposed accomplice um, is the one who wrote out the affidavit or, you know, told the information that's included in the affidavit and the details, which I will not go into, were so just, I can't even begin to explain, but that just triggered me some more. And just thinking about just everything, it's like hard, so you know, that, and then, it's just a lot, the world is a lot right now, y'all, the world is so (laughs) crazy, and then you just think about COVID, COVID is a trigger itself, COVID is a trauma itself for people that aren't even, you know, used to being in the house, now they're being forced to be in the house, or maybe they're scared, or maybe they have family members or friends dying from this, it's, this 2020 has been remarkably insane, it's been the the craziest year that I could ever imagine you know and you know when we talk about COVID I just want to throw out there some uh some information about that so the symptoms you know symptoms can appear two to 14 days after exposure so fever chills cough shortness of breath or difficulty breathing you might have fatigue muscle or body aches a headache you might Lose your taste or smell, sore throat, congestion or runny nose, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. And then especially if you're 
you should seek emergency care, especially if you're having trouble breathing or you're having persistent pain or pressure in your chest, um, just different things like that. But the amount of cases that are going around with COVID and the fact that, you know, people are losing people and things are going on in the world and just all of that. So if we think about just how the trauma you might face from COVID happens, when you deal with something like COVID, you know, a lot of the focus is on prevention and treatment. And you think about just the immediate effects of it, but you also need to consider the long-term collective trauma that this pandemic is giving us. And when we talk about collective trauma, we're referring to any psychological things that are shared by a group of people who all experience an event. And that goes back to that collective trauma of police brutality. And that goes back to that collective trauma of Vanessa Gillian and every other person who's a victim of sexual assault. And so this type of trauma can affect groups of people, no matter the size, no matter the shape, across the nation, societies, anything like that. And, you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot we're dealing with. You know, it, it, it makes the world be extremely fearful, whether that's individualized to a person or whether that's a group of people or everybody. You know, it increases fear. It, it decreases morale. It, it gives us all type of different feelings. We might not be sure of a lot of things. We might be more vulnerable than we've ever been before. We might have heightened hypervigilance, heightened being on edge, just all of that thing. Just thinking that one COVID's gonna come back and sweep us all out or two, you know, just everything, police brutality that we're gonna be the next person or just, it's just so much y'all. There's so much going on in the world. You know, so it's just, it's crazy. Psychological distress is common following a trauma. So I know there's one study that uh, said the immediate and long-term effects of 911. Research showed that more than 3,400 people um, that were, that, that had media-based exposure. And so they had psychological distress from that. And like I said earlier, transgenerational effects, and we'll go further into that in the future, but that's collective trauma that's passed down from future generations. So what our parents told us, what our grandparents told us, and then hopefully we don't do it, but we can, you know, extend that transgenerational trauma onto our children and their children. So it's just collective trauma that's just passed down. Um, You know, researchers suggest that this traumatic and historical events create a collective memory and this collective memory transcends individual memory and persists beyond the lives of those who lived through it and it contributes to transgenerational effects on our future descendants so it's just a lot y'all it's a lot we we <laughs> we going through a lot y'all um whew. it's just it's a lot guys like never thought that 2020 would be a hit of multiple different emotions you know (sighs) make sure that you have support guys make sure that you have you know a support system whether that consists of friends family your partner just somebody that you can lean on and depend on and talk to when you need to you know 
also with your support system if you need that additional support get a therapist get a psychiatrist go to support groups those crisis lines I gave out I gave out the VA crisis line and the and the national suicide prevention line you don't have to be suicidal to call them you can call when you just feel overwhelmed and need somebody to talk to but they are also amazing for when you are feeling suicidal you know this is just it's a lot y'all it's a lot it really is along with you know being re-triggered or triggering your PTSD or creating new PTSD and trauma in you you know we also have that fear it it adds anxiety Um, it makes sense that we would be afraid after something happens and our nervous system functions the way it does so you know sometimes when we have fear that follows a trauma it can be as bad or sometimes worse than the emotions we might have felt at the time of the trauma and it can last longer you know you might feel that that fear subsides when something triggers a reminder of the trauma and then the intense fear returns so with me I can just say with the situation with Vanessa it's just been crazy because I was a 20 year old PFC that worked in the arms room I was a soldier that was sexually harassed and I was a soldier that told and it got swept under the rug so you know that's just the thing that is triggering me the most about it I I, I am Vanessa Gillian you know so and not just with that you know I don't want to specifically stick to it being a military thing because I was sexually assaulted in outside of the military as a child as an adult in the military out of the military just all of that so this can be triggering for anybody you know that dealt with sexual assault or rape or just anything or just even if you dealt with a loved one who was murdered or just any of that and then again with the police brutality how you might be fearful for your own life if you are a black male or a black female or somebody that is an ally of Black Lives Matter or just any of that, you know, it's a lot to deal with. And then COVID, again, if you had a family member that passed from it or someone that was sick from it or you have been previously sick from it, you know, people wear your mask. I know you don't want to. I know you don't like being told what to do, but if it's helping prevent the spread, I mean, come on, or just stay in the house. It's, it's, it's really easy, but, you know, people going to do what they want to do, so... Along with that fear and anxiety, you might have anger. So anger is a very common reaction to trauma. We might feel angry at the person, the thing, the whatever. We're angry at that situation that is responsible for that trauma that we're facing. We might be angry at ourselves or blame ourselves for what happened. I know for forever, I wouldn't even say certain things happened because I blame myself. I blame myself for a lot. certain things were actually what they were until recently you know and that goes with me going into my own work and I've been in therapy for a long time in my life on and off on and off on and off but I've never ever focused on trauma 
And so somehow in January, February time, I got some bright idea. I'm like, hey, let's start working on trauma. And I found a therapist who focused on trauma and she does EDMR and somatic based therapy, helping me get, you know, feelings and emotions unstuck. And I know back in March, that was maybe one of the hardest times of my life because I started that and then I went through some other things and I've never been so triggered in my life where I was so fearful of just even being home I started hearing stuff in the house I was having suicidal thoughts I was crying all the time anxious all the time I couldn't handle my emotions super hyper vigilant super just flashbacks you know I'd be driving and things would pop up from you know a previous abusive relationship just so much you know so I would be angry at myself and I would blame myself and if you know if I didn't make him mad he wouldn't have pulled that gun on me or if I wasn't there drinking and I was the only female there they wouldn't have raped me or you know for a long time I didn't even say it was rape I wouldn't have you know they wouldn't have had sex with me but now I can obviously say that they raped me because I know I said no I know I didn't deserve for the abusive relationships to, you know, for a long time, you know, I'd be like, oh, it's my fault because I made him mad that he pulled that gun on me, or it's no big deal that he did that, but it was, he pulled a gun, he put it in my face, and he cocked it, so, you know, yeah, but forever, I blame myself, that didn't happen, it wasn't their fault, I'm the problem, I'm damaged, I'm not worthy of love or respect or, or any of that. So, you know, I was angry at myself. And then you have that sadness. People, sometimes we feel sad and we cry after a traumatic event happens. The crying can be a way for your nervous system to come down from that fight or flight response. And um, sadness can also come from just feeling overwhelmed by by a situation or just the world that just feels terribly threatening, you know. And sadness and grief are common when the trauma involves the loss of someone close to us. You might feel guilty, you know, with, I know a lot of vets that I see, they feel survivor's guilt. So maybe they were supposed to be in a certain place and they were moved and then that, that person died or that platoon died or anything like that and they blame themselves or, you know, someone close to you you know I can even say this for me my dad isn't in the best health ever and I was super nervous about going to see him this past weekend because it wasn't about me getting COVID because I one either think I had it in in December because I pretty much had all those symptoms or I'm asymptomatic so I was fearful of giving it to him and I would have felt so guilty if I got there and I gave it to him and he died because of me and you know that's me over exaggerating and completely catastrophizing the situation but that's just you know the guilt and so we also might take guilt on and feel responsible for us being attacked or hurt and feeling like we caused it and I mentioned that a little bit earlier you know you can feel numb sometimes people experience strong emotions like anger and guilt and sadness but sometimes others just shut down you know we don't have any type of feeling we're just numb So, when you think about that and think about some of the things I said and the symptoms and the categories for trauma and PTSD, uh, 
you think about how you might in turn start have difficulty trusting people you might believe that the world is an extremely dangerous place and it is but not to the extreme that you might feel when you're dealing with trauma and triggers and symptoms you know sometimes we think about how we could have handled that trauma differently and how we didn't handle it the way it should have been handled you might see yourself as weak or inadequate you might criticize yourself a lot just different things that occur different things it's a lot everything that's going on is a lot just telling y'all 2020 is crazy 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 so how do you deal with trauma how do you deal with any of the things that are going on in your mind in your body you know again get that support system that I talked about and if you're ready because everybody's not always ready I wasn't ready until I started and once I started I still wasn't ready but I'm here now and I can't stop but you know get a support system get a therapist get a psychiatrist get go on a support group you know different things like that if your trauma is ongoing you know you have to think about safety first you have to think about getting out of that trauma um finding a safe place to be talking to somebody that you trust about it you know give yourself time because the way you're feeling isn't going to last always but you have to be kind to yourself and, and allow yourself to work through that things understand that it takes time to adjust finding your way back to you that's what I had to do it took me 32 years almost 33 I'll be 33 in a few months it took me this long to find me it took me this long to find happiness in me and it's the best thing ever I, I, I swear that to you it took a long time to get here I thought I was happy before I thought I was satisfied with myself but I didn't love myself I wasn't happy with myself it took me a long time to get here and I'm so thankful and so grateful for being here and happy with myself now it's the best thing ever so sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get back to you and get back to yourself um some different types of treatment for trauma if you, you are interested in doing trauma there's CBT which is cognitive behavioral therapy and um, it's a really good treatment for trauma. You know, it involves education and information about PTSD, the symptoms, the signs, the triggers, the role of avoidance, um, anxiety management. Sometimes there might be gradual exposure to things and helping you change your thoughts and fears about the traumatic event. Uh, you know, with that, you to deal with your anxiety, you work on learning strategies to decrease your anxiety to help you in times when you get triggered. And so, you know, you can exercise regularly, you know, practice relaxation skills, incorporate self-care. Y'all know that's my favorite thing. Clear your mind, deep breathing, relaxing your muscles. You know, you practice these things a lot. Um, 
You try to reduce stimulants such as coffee or cigarettes or caffeine or anything like that. You try not to self-medicate with alcohol or drugs. You try to, again, do that self-care, incorporate things to do for yourself every day, every week, every month, every year. Um, One thing that I will give um, just to help everybody, uh, I'll do it at the end, is I'll give you a quick little way to reduce some anxiety. So if you're feeling any anxiety at all or any arousal symptoms to all the different traumatic things we got going on in the world today I'll go through something with you later but you know just figure out what's gonna work for you figure out how to move through it and cope through it and and get better from it keep using that support system reach out for additional support if you need it figure out you know if this is what you want to go and grow through it's a lot y'all but this is what we're going to be talking about this season today was kind of heavy because this is just what was on my mind and my heart today and hopefully it didn't trigger or traumatize anybody else um i'm coming from a place of love and hope and and growth throughout this journey in season three we'll talk about you know how trauma can affect your relationships and who I'm a first-hand witness of that we'll talk about intergenerational trauma we'll talk about just different things if there's anything that you want to hear about or talk about or you want to send me a letter or just any of that you know you can reach out to me on instagram at happy hour with ash so that's a-s-h-e you can find me on facebook at therapy with ashley i think so that's a-s-h-e-l-e-i you can just send me an email just look in the show notes I have different ways you can reach out to me but we're going to be focusing on some different things here um but we're also going to talk about smashing your goals reaching your dreams how to be a goal getter a goal setter living your best life and and living the best that you can for you we'll we'll talk about that too it's not going to be all sadness and tears (laughs) and I promise you I'm not trying to make it be sadness and tears either but yeah so I hope you go on this journey with me. This is something that's been very important to me. That's why I've decided to make that be this season's kind of focus because I'm going through it. And throughout the last two seasons and the last year and a half of this podcast, it's been about going and growing through with me. While, you know, my favorite thing to say is hurt people hurt people, but hurt people that have been healed can help help heal other people. And that's all I'm trying to do. So everybody's cup of tea but the person that likes this tea is gonna drink it so (laughs) yeah just go on a journey with me so before we end if I did you know cause any anxiety or triggered anybody or just in general when something comes up throughout your day and you're feeling anxious um we'll go through this deep breathing exercise that you can use at any point and it's to it's to help reduce symptoms of anxiety and slow your breathing and distract yourself so you're going to breathe in and you're going to count one, two, three, four. You're going to hold that breath for one, two, three, four. And you're going to exhale for one, two, three, four. And so what this is doing is one, it's slowing your breathing down. So you're practicing deep breathing, slow your breathing down to, you know,
to slow your heart rate down to slow that anxiety down but at the same time you're using that counting so while you're breathing you're counting in your head and you're holding in your head and you're releasing in your head and so that's a distraction thing as well so you know you'll do that for a couple of minutes or until you feel like you've calmed down some something else my therapist just taught me is you'll hold one side of your nostril and you'll breathe in and then you'll hold the other side and exhale out through the other side so say you hold your right nostril down you're breathing through your left and then you hold your left nostril down and breathe out through your right that's another deep breathing thing that'll help you calm down and it is crazy it does shake um whatever you're feeling in your body it helps alleviate that a little bit so yeah this is where we are this is what we're doing and I hope you enjoy this journey with me. Until next time, peace out. Did you know that Happy Hour is coming out with a self-care box? Well, Happy Hour's Let Me Love On Me box is a therapist-curated self-care box of goodies that aims to illustrate just how easy it is to take a moment all to yourself and increase happiness, self-love, and reduce stress. Each box is a unique mix of self-care goodies that are designed to bring more happiness into everyday life and different tools to motivate and take care of yourself. Because remember, nobody's going to love you like you love you. So you'll get various different things in each box, you know, varying between self-care wellness goodies, mindfulness and gratitude and happiness and self-love activities, positive affirmations. There might be some health self-help books, different things. And we have boxes for men and women. Thanks for tuning in to the episode today. Be sure to go follow me on all my social media handles. On Twitter, it's Happy Hour Ash, spelled with A-S-H-E. On Instagram, it's Happy Hour with Ashley. You can find me on Facebook at Therapy with Ashley. And my website's www.ashleyjohnsoncounseling.com. If you want to go ahead and be a supporter of me financially and this podcast to help us grow, go ahead and click the link under details, or you can go to anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. That's anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, Apple reviewers, write me a review and make sure you listen. Have a great day.